Well, hey, good morning. This is uh, Buddy's owner in the Arizona Schnoodlewalks. I'm in a different location. I'm still in Arizona today, but uh, it's May 30th, Saturday morning. And it's that time of year here where we start getting smoking hot. So got to do a temperature read. It's 81 degrees already at almost six in the morning. And the sun's up. 31% humidity, so it is kind of humid today. So if I do my dew point calculation, which isn't that interesting at this point, 31% is a little high for humidity, but sometimes we get uh, 4% humidity. But at the moment, it's 31%, which gives me a dew point of 47.5, which is still on the lower side, so it does feel refreshing, even though it's 81 and we're going up to triple digits, we call it, in Fahrenheit. So today we will be uh, quite warm. And uh, so I'm fiddling with my my uh, thermometer here. So 107, it says, Fahrenheit. And for, uh, I could switch that to Celsius for the international listeners. So Celsius, we're going to be, it's currently 27, going up to 42, 42. And I got to give a shout out to Dubbo, Australia. I don't know where that is. And I have a question. And uh, if you use the Anchor app, which there's another app. So I record an Anchor. And the Anchor app is quite useful because you can send a message back. So I actually got a question in through Anchor. So it's as simple as that, folks. If you listen to on iTunes, they don't have this feature. But uh, with Anchor, you can just push a button and record a message, record a question, comment, whatever you want on Anchor. So I know it's one more app to put on your phone to do that, but it does give you a connection. So shout out to Dubbo. Love those people down there. And uh, they quietly are changing the world from Dubbo. It's great. One person at a time. How about that? So the question came in. I, I talked about Acts 9. So this is mo most of my, my audience I, is Christians, people that respect the Bible. We don't always, the Bible is really complicated. And, and I'm not going to claim that I know exactly how to interpret it. But I find it as kind of like the only thing we got, even though it might be mysterious and, and not exact and incomplete, but I still go to it to uh, think and consider, look right at it. So the question came in about Paul and, and why his writings are so important or and whatnot, and and I, I they were put together, right? So they were the writings that the guys decided to include and now I just had a bad experience because the uh, I need to pick up some poop for my dog and my bags are gone. <laughs> Little side note of walking buddy. This is a real walking the dog podcast. So I have to come fix that, unfortunately. So normally I'm in stride. Oh, I see something up there. I can probably get a bag here pretty quick. Buds, we're going to have to take care of that business. 
as we uh oh we can go down there there's another one okay so um <laughs> from dog poop picking up to the apostle paul uh, one of the most controversial i guess religious people of our time so what i i just say this is a guy that wrote a lot not only did he write a lot i'm starting to realize He's basically on the road. So I just finished reading the entire book of Acts with some people. We just decided uh, to follow my one chapter a day process. So in 30 days, you can read through the whole book of Acts. It's the apostle, or not the apostle, but it's the Luke, who's not an apostle. The question was about, Paul wasn't really with Jesus for three years on his ministry. And so why do we have so much from him? And why is he important? And uh, I don't know if there's like a, I don't think there, there is no easy answer for that. I, I do have some thoughts on it. And they're, they're not um, clear cut thoughts as far as like, this is the answer. But I, I did ask myself one time in the last few years, like why, I mean, Paul is the same age or within five years. I, I don't know what the spread of the 12 disciples were in age. He actually was probably could have been one of the 12 disciples. And we have this idea in Christianity, Judaism, faith, Old Testament, that God is sovereign. He knows everything. He knows the future. He knows the, you know, obviously he knows the past and he knows the past better than we do, too, because he's always conscious over thousands of years. And we're created beings and we only have a limited time here so my question similar to the person that reached out to me is what's with this guy i mean why why wouldn't jesus call him and make him one of the 12 disciples right i mean god knows the future he knows what's happening and so when i when i thought about it the way i kind of put it together was I think because if you look at Paul's, what we learn about Paul is because he shows up. Um, and we only learn about him, you know, because Luke eventually hangs out with him and spends a lot of time with him, travels with him, learns from him, is that he was a very, very Jewish guy. Okay. So he was trained as a Pharisee young man, a lot of enthusiasm. And uh, he was attacking the church. So um, I think God just wanted to use him to like make the point of like, Jews, you guys are Jews. And I'm bringing my love and care for all people on the earth, not just for the Jews. So we, as American Christians, modern Christians, the, and probably unfortunately, like the Americans probably feel like they control Christianity, which is a joke, right? We control Christianity, but it, it kind of spreads. And maybe there's some English people and, and, and uh, you know, I don't know, there's a, probably a whole cultural, socio, whatever, thinking on Christianity. But... Um, we don't think about Jews much anymore. And in the last month, I, as I read the whole book of Acts, it just seems to be one big 
Um, this is the new faith. Jesus came. The Holy Spirit came. And everything's new now. Not everything, but it's new. This is a new plan that God brought about. So he first called Abraham and uh, worked through Moses. And there's symbolic teaching. There's real teaching. There's real life happening. Brings us up to Jesus. But this Jewish religion was dominant. And he blessed them, but also... Uh, discipline them or allow them to get into trouble, you know, with all that history. But with Paul, he was deep into that Jewish thing, right? So if he was, I, I, I don't know, he's just such a stubborn guy, I guess I would look at it. You know, he's he's very, he's, he's probably, probably most of us wouldn't like him, right? He's like so, he's probably like obnoxious guy. But, um, and even I thought was funny was how, I think that was, I think I may have mentioned that in Acts 9. It's like, why did God tell this uh, prophet that's supposed to help Paul get started? He's like, oh, I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my my namesake. I mean, you know, that's something that God, he's just going to do that. And he did suffer a lot. Um, but does he have to tell this guy about it? You know, I mean, it's kind of, I thought that was funny. So Paul wrote a lot. And uh, I guess there's even some letters that he wrote that we don't have. So it's kind of like, it is a mystery. Even Paul says the whole gospel is a mystery. So we shouldn't probably expect that the Bible has, quote unquote, all the answers, right? I mean, I think back in the 70s or 80s, I think somebody wrote a book like the Bible has the answer. And, And it feels good. We want to believe that the, the Bible has all the answers. But if the Bible says a lot of this stuff is a mystery and we don't know, well then by definition, using my logical brain, I'd say, well, we can't expect the Bible to have all the answers. So, or as in mathematical computer language, it would be kind of like what they call a do loop. Well, we say the Bible has the answer and and the and the the bible itself says there's a lot of mystery out there so we should just get comfortable with the mysteries now i now paul unfortunately with the american churches and i think this is where he's controversial is many people will take the bible as like a legal law document even in the new testament which is so weird to me i'm starting to realize wait a minute the Jesus came to like abolish, and I, I don't know if it's, it's like fulfill the law, I guess you'd say. It's not really abolish the law, but we live in a grace and mercy and love time frame, and it's so hard to define that, of course. But um, the, hey, good morning. The uh, little dog interruption. Here we go. All right. All right. Yeah, it's tough drinking coffee and walking the dog, right? Oh, so we got to get these dogs out early before it gets to 107, right? We got a place in New Mexico and she loves up there. She just runs. Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's awesome. New Mexico. All right. So shout out. There's a guy fishing this morning. Here's a guy walking a dog in Mexico. 
and then everybody has we all have our own lives you know like i i could probably spend the dubbo people are all into talking to strangers right they just it's a great thing here's a human being i just yeah i'm i'm over 50. he's this guy I just talked to is probably over 50. it's 100 years totally different lives experiences families influences right so morning, morning. and i think the church we want to squeeze each other into this mold of this is the way to live this is the right thinking on that and this is the way to think <laughs> so so the question that came in i i think it's because we both empathize the questioner and i empathize with this paul character and i i guess i would say i'm not going to let other people tell me what paul is trying to speak about because and i think that's where people get upset with paul is because other people like to me the biggest use in the church is first timothy second timothy and titus so those are like the last few letters that paul wrote so he wrote and and because i look at it i just decided i want to see what this guy's about and most churches seem to just go okay well let's look at first timothy because there's some teaching in there and it's like well we think the first letter that paul wrote was galatians could be first and second Thessalonians. And I think it was like 60, wait, no, 50, between 53 and 55 AD. So we think Jesus was crucified and raised around 30 AD. I, and I even had somebody this week, you know, question my comment on that. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be accurate to like the year and stuff. I'm just trying to put it relatively. So um, I'll trust that some people think 55 is when Paul first started writing his letters, 53. So that's at least 20 some years after all these experiences. And we know Paul was attacking Christians within the first few months of post crucifixion resurrection thing. So he's he's been dealing with this stuff for 20 years before he even writes his first letter. And then, and that's probably 20 some years after his experiences, his travels, right? So when he writes Galatians, he's, we, we kind of, most of my experience with preachers, church, is it's like sacred text Galatians or something. And I'm, I, I'm really trying to demystify, I don't know if it's the right word is demystify, but it's just a letter. And, and I was explaining to someone this week, I, t- I had this old, this Bible called the Ryrie Study Bible, some doctor, theologian guy. And I just realized in the last two years that I bought that Bible like 40, is it 40 years ago, maybe 30 some years ago. And I've been reading it for all this time. And now I realized all these notes and cross-references and, you know, details about this and that, it just confused me to what was actually just written. So I've stripped out all that to just like, okay, I, I got to sort of accept chapter one through six and the verse numbering. And I'm like, okay, that's useful to reference things to other people. But really the guy just writes a letter, right? He's not thinking um, <laughs> that this is going to be turned into some kind of um, legal book, you know, like Galatians 4, 17, you know, he's just writing a letter. 
So um, the Galatians had a problem at the time with the Jews again. So one thing we, as again, as American Christians, modern Christians, we don't really think Jew-Gentile stuff. And maybe it's subconsciously we don't want to think about it because there's been a lot of anti-Semitism in the world, right? So, but I, I, I love the Jewish people. They're awesome. Paul loves them. Paul's a Jew. Jesus is a Jew. It's just the, the way it was. And the Gentiles didn't like the Jews because for a thousand years, they claimed to be the people of God, right? So that's pretty arrogant <laughs> position, right? If, if you claim that ah, we're the people of God, then if you're not in the in group, or as one guy gave a great message about, with Jesus, there's no us and thems. So this, this fella gave a great talk. Um, you can find it on this podcast. Well, I'll just reference it. It's Rob Bell. You know, and and uh, Rob's very good because he can, he speaks very clearly, slowly, completely. My podcast is, this is just me talking unprepared because I'm walking my dog. Maybe some of it is because I, I, um, I have a lot of thoughts in my head and I just, that's hard for me to sit down and script a podcast. But I think Rob honors his audience more than I do with preparing a good podcast and delivers it. So he speaks about no us and them's great concept. And I apply it to this discussion on Jews and Gentiles because it's kind of the tension. The first 25, um, 30 years post-Jesus resurrection was the Jews started out, like uh, the questioner said, is like, wow, these these 12 disciples, they were all Jewish, of course, naturally, right? And and they were part of the Jewish tradition, the Jewish organization. And boy, did, if, as you read Acts, I mean, it's 25 years of Jewish leaders just resisting this new message, which is really, ironically, the same message that was there, as Rob Bell would say, the whole time. <laughs> so, so these Jewish people just were resisting it. And Paul was in there and he was getting stoned by them. I mean, if you read, when we read Acts, he would go, uh, I laughed this last month when he got stoned in one city. I can't remember what it was, but uh, I think it was in Galatia area. And they left him for dead. They, they thought he was dead. And uh, if we Remember Acts 9, he, that came right off the heels of Stephen, who Paul was there watching get mar- martyred. And I believe I made the comment that this is why the spirit and the faith is a gift. Because it's not just an intellectual understanding. And so much of the American evangelism, missionary zeal is, well, you just got to go preach the gospel. You just got to go tell people that Jesus died for our sins and we, you know, we got to repent for the forgiveness of sins. And that's the gospel. And, um, I've been part of a church organization that, um, that that's the gospel is everything, you know? And, and I'm like, okay, I, I see that. But if we don't include the Holy spirit in the gospel and then we just say it's these facts and 
that people should just believe and have faith, then we're missing the actual complete gospel. Now, that language I just used is dangerous because there's like a, a whole denomination, I think, that's called like the full gospel, right? And and I don't want to get into that kind of denominational stuff because these kind of denominations, they come across like, oh, we're the full gospel kind of people. And so we have it figured out better than anybody else. And yet the message of the Bible is we're all sinners. We're all frail. Even after the gospel, we still struggle. So, I mean, Paul's a little bit transparent. That's why we probably, a lot of us like his writings. He offers, because he writes a lot, he offers a lot of insight into living this life. Now, one thing I've become, uh, starting to sink in on me is that, yeah, Paul is a special guy. I mean, he was getting stoned, right? So the American clinical view of the Bible is like, well, you know, Paul said that women shouldn't have uh, be teaching men, for example. That's always a controversial one, right? So my, th- my thought on that is like, well, look, I mean, what is Paul's experience? He is trying to uh, bring the gospel to the world of his, that he knew. And he often talks about he wants to go where the gospel hasn't been preached. And he's getting resistance. And even though he gets stoned by Jews, I mean, think of that. To me, I'm just amazed this last month what persistence he had. Because he would get stoned by Jews, chased out, and they would even go to the next city and go after him. They hated him so much. (laughs) And uh, he would still go to the synagogue the next time. He's like, okay, I got to go to the synagogue. He's so Jewish guy and so pharisaical. I mean, he had more so the question that came in was like why don't we have more stuff from peter and john and thomas and things and i don't don't know i haven't i guess it's available the thomas the gospel of thomas and uh and maybe that's worth reading i i don't um i haven't pursued it i i feel like i've got i gotta watch myself because i've i can go down intellectual paths and i really feel the message of the whole thing is a heart transformation and for me to love people in my time, right? And uh, so I don't want to be too intellectual uh, about stuff. But I do, I, and so I read this Paul stuff and I, I'm thinking about it. And and some things that people don't preach on. So I think this gentleman that asked the question, the listeners, many people have been around churches for 40 years. And I kind of ask, I do a little quick math on that. So if you've been around church for 40 years and and you've been faithful because you want to learn and understand faith because the message is that God loves us and it's kind of nice to understand that. But 50 times 40 is 2,000 sermons, right? So that's like a thousand hours of listening to somebody else speak on verses here and there. And some of them do an excellent, I mean, most of them do an excellent job. And nowadays with podcasts, is amazing. I just realized how interesting it is. Like back in the 80s, 90s, you'd have to get like a cassette tape. You know, you might be moved by a, a message. And the leaders and the preachers would get a following. And people in a neighboring town would say like, oh, this guy is such a great preacher. I'm so encouraged. 
and they, they did. They were probably very gifted, and they are gifted, right? And my shift is now with podcasts, you can really see, like, wow, this, these guys are really good. And if you live in rural areas, like wherever, U.S., anywhere in the world, you can, with the Internet, you can listen to some really great teaching. Like one of my favorite guys is a guy in San Francisco area, John Ortberg, has written some great books that have they're emotionally connecting the love of God with people. I mean, again, what do we the one thing we see in the gospels of Jesus is he loved people to the point of death. I mean he just he didn't fight and he just gave himself up and that was his mission. Right? So quite often a preacher will say, well that's our mission too, to give ourselves up and and I, there is some, there is an element of truth to that. It's just how do we apply it? How's our calling? What's our calling in that process? So, um, so I read Paul, and I and some of my favorite passages are where he says, like, I'm not lying, right? There's a couple of places in the letters where he's emph- emphasizing, hey, I'm not lying about this. This is the truth, <laughs> right? So. So the modern Christian view of the Bible is like it's inerrant, inspired by God. I'm like, okay, I'm good with that. But realize if Paul's writing, I'm not lying, then he doesn't believe that what he's writing is inspired by God and special. Like if he, if he felt like he was writing and that he was like in some kind of like trance, right? And he was writing these words inspired by God and that that they were going to be forever for 2000 years thought of as inerrant. I mean, 2000 years, folks, that's a long time. Right. And I don't think Paul thought that Jesus would stay away for 2000 years. I think that is a another one of those mysteries. Right. So. Here we have letters from Paul telling us, I'm not lying. <laughs> and so that's how I respond to that text. I'm not saying that's the, the right interpretation, but that's the kind of question I ask. I'm like, oh, so Paul's saying he's not lying. So does that mean he doesn't really think what he's writing is inspired in the word of God? And I'd say, I think that's pretty much the case. Um, other views or interests on Paul. So... I get a little bit of chafing from leadership that wants to shepherd the flock. Okay? So that's a, I've been part of a, a group. It's probably one of the largest American Protestant organizations, but they, they love to claim that they're all, oh, we're all independent. There's 40, 47,000 churches, you know, independent. And I'm like, okay, I, and I'm not out to try to reform the church and, get the right church organization. I just don't know. And so to me, podcasting, the question comes into me, that's a beautiful world right now. We can just share our thoughts and it's, it's tough to do, but I think we all have to, to do, I think God wants us to do this is to really dig deep into our souls and have this personal relationship with God that it's our calling. It's whatever it is your calling is. It doesn't have to match the pastor. So American terminology is like a vision caster. So someone comes to your city, new church is all full of enthusiasm. 
we're going to bring the gospel. There's 80,000 people in her town and they don't know the gospel. And, and my thought is like, they know the gospel. You can't. It's very rare out of those 80,000. If you went up to them and said, do you know who Jesus Christ is? They'd probably say, yeah, I've heard of him. And they usually have a negative view of him. So it's not like they don't know. Just like Paul in Acts chapter 9. He, he knew about the resurrection. He knew about the ascension because he, he just didn't like it. It didn't sink into his heart. It's because the spirit didn't intervene. So I kind of like Paul because more than the other 12 guys, because that is where we're at. We're, we are, we didn't get to see Jesus, but he said he was going to send his spirit to us. So we can all have a relationship with God. We can read the Bible and, you know, it's not about knowledge and if the number one thing is walking in the spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, that fruit of the spirit that Paul writes about. If we can do that, we're going to be awesome. And we see that in people. Even We even see fruit of the spirit in people that, quote unquote, wouldn't be classified as, well, that's a, that person's a Christian. Well, there's the other concepts that we're all made in the image of God. So there's goodness in us. Some of us are damaged. I mean, I've, I have my upbringing and some damage, but, and I think we all have some early childhood neglect, they call it, or something, right? Some damage, right? So there's that. And so we have Paul. Now, First Timothy, Second Timothy, Paul's telling Timothy, you know, how to set up the church in Ephesus. Now, most pastors aren't going to talk about this, but my thoughts are, uh, so how did that turn out? You know, Paul writes a letter to Timothy, and I, I say to myself, well, either Timothy didn't listen to Paul, because the church, there is no church in Ephesus anymore, um, or he did listen, and he did exactly what Paul said, which is set up these wonderful elders with all these wonderful families with children that are believers, you know, because that's what the American church does. Like, oh, if you, if you're going to be an elder, man, you got to have this wonderful family and do all these things and live a certain way and be respectful. And, and I'm not against that. I'm just saying, well, Paul wrote it, but didn't seem to turn out that way. So there is no church in Ephesus anymore. So can we think a little bit more deeply and more complex about 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy? Can we also ask the question, okay, American church, you keep shouting out that we have to fulfill the Great Commission. We have to go to the ends of the earth and we use our computer tools and say there's 5,000 unreached people groups. And it's going to sound like I'm really sacrilegious here against the church because I'm like, well, um, how come Paul didn't tell Timothy that? Like if, if, if Paul is giving these instructions on like how to have a church, then, you know, why isn't Paul saying, hey, oh, yeah, forget the, you know, the elders are important. But don't forget, Paul, we have to go to the ends of the earth, right? So that, that concept wasn't in Paul's mind. Right. The concept of going to the ends of the earth. He, Paul just did it himself. That's another reason I love Paul. It's like all these I, the term in American came out in 2015. It's called virtue signaling. So I say in the American church and many churches, there's a lot of virtue 
virtue signaling, like someone stands up and we got to go to the ends of the earth. And of course, okay, I get it. That makes sense. But don't virtue signal to me. It might not be my calling to go to the ends of the earth, right? So we end up, I think it's damaging to the body of Christ and to people and respecting the 500, 100, whoever's sitting in your 5,000 in your church. If you keep pounding on this great commission thing, when, and then make it sound like you can't really do the great commission unless you like go somewhere. And I'm like, well, the great commission is to love people. That's, that's the great commandment, I should say, is to love people. And, I, and I'm getting a little casual with my words. My heart's in a, I have good intentions, but I'm not a perfect word selector. I, I, I select words. See, that, what I mean by that is I just mixed, I mix commission, the great commission with great commandment. And I think all 100, 500, 5,000 people who meet in a church on Sunday, if they leave the church with the idea, you're, go love your neighbor. That's your, God is with you today. God is with you now. And it's a hard thing for me to do. So I, I don't want to be, see, like a preacher is telling people what to do. And I feel much more connected with this concept of coaching people. And it's, and like Paul, I mean, he saw the facts. He was preached at. He saw preaching. He saw Stephen die for his beliefs right in front of him. And yet he still was like, I'm going after these guys. So, yeah, Paul, great question. Thanks for that. I could talk a lot more about it, especially like the women. I touched on the women in the church, I touched on church organization. I think God wants us to be independent, which brings me back to the last chapter of the Gospel of John. And John's different than Peter. And Peter does this stupid thing. He just gets restored in John chapter 21. The very last verses of the Gospel of John are wonderful. They really touch my heart. Because John is exposing Peter as a knucklehead. Because <laughs> Peter does what we all do is compare ourselves to other people. And Jesus tells Peter, you're going to, this is how you're going to end your life. And Peter looks over at John and says, well, what about him? What, what's going to happen to him? And Jesus must've been really ticked off and just says, what's that to you? You follow me. And so it's such a hard message, but, and I think we all need to hear it. John is a different dude, different kind of disciple. And he records it, and I think he's chuckling because he says, there's so many stories you could write about Jesus. So many. I couldn't fill books to talk about Jesus. <laughs> but, this, but this is the last story I'm telling you. This makes Peter look like a kind of not such a cool dude, right? So that's a little bit snarky of John, but it's also insightful for us. So I call that the great, instead of the great commission, the great relationship that God wants us all to figure out that he's present with us. He's given us a spirit. We got the word in our heart. Uh, I'm look, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I I stand back for myself and I'm like, Michael, I, you look at, you read this stuff so much, but I got to let it impact my relationships, my heart, my living. And it's so hard to do. There's so much knowledge there, but I got to back off sometimes on the knowledge and just, 
think about the big picture. Paul didn't, I, Paul is in heaven. And he's probably just shrugging his shoulders going, 2,000 years, Lord? Really? <laughs> I think he thought it was over within the next 20 years. Why, why would he think anything else? But we just don't know. That's the mystery. So thanks for listening, folks. Um, thanks for the question coming in. Use Anchor if you want me to dive into a subject. I Really, it's the first time ever. I just really enjoyed that. So thanks for sending a message. All right, everybody have a great day. It's going to be hot here. Time for me to start Galatians chapter 1. So I'm going to go read Galatians chapter 1 and get ready for being filled with the Spirit. So, all right, grace, mercy, and peace. Bye-bye.